This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 623. Make sure that you go check out previous episodes, MarkingOut.com. Also on Spotify. Make sure that you also visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut to buy a t-shirt. Give us a like over on Facebook. Give us a follow over on Instagram, on Twitter, over on TikTok, YouTube, you can subscribe, and on Twitch. But that being said, I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave, and I am also here alongside, not alongside, Brandon, and later on we'll be joined by Chris, but Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How the absolute heck are you? I am feeling much better than last week. That is for sure. Thank you for asking. Definitely a lot better than last week. Last week, you could just hear on the podcast that I was tanking. I was tanking quickly. Did you have a uh, very particular set of skills? Um, yes, yes, I did. So, yeah, no, no, I had no, so how'd you, how did you, uh, it obviously hit you a lot less than it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I mean, uh, a lot of mucus for those that did not listen yet to last week, I tested positive for COVID. So during the episode, I was just starting to feel very congested, um, just well, I mean, of... you knew before going into the episode, you knew you had tested positive. Yeah, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes before. Um, congested, cough. Um, but yeah, it, it was really um, mild, knock on wood, very lucky, where in comparison to what other people have had, it, I was definitely very lucky. But the first two days were the most difficult for me. Um, sleep was difficult. I was having, uh, cold chills, um, cold spells and sometimes cold sweats, but yeah, no, after like day two, I started feeling a bit better, but the cough was still there. The mucus was still there. Um, as long as for me, as long as it, nothing turns into a headache, I can get through it. Once it starts to become a headache for me, then I'm on the injury list for good because that's that always is a killer for me, uh, right. headache wise. But as long as I don't have a headache, then I'm a okay. Right now, I'm still a bit congested in the nose, but besides that, feeling a lot better. I'm able to talk without getting having to cough. And you um, tested negative. Yes, yes, and I retested, and I tested negative, which was a bit nerve-wracking at a moment, because when I first did it, I was, like, waiting for it, and I'm like, okay, if this comes back neg uh, positive again, then I'm going to be home 
longer. And I mean, I'm wearing my mask around the house. I'm staying in my room. And, um, you know, you get stir crazy. You want to get out. So, but yeah, tested negative, very lucky, very happy. Um, yeah. But during that time I got a lot of work done, what I could get done. I did end up binging some TV shows. I got through squid games. Finally, I did it very quickly though because I kind of like fast forwarded this. <laughs> what stuff. does that mean? What? How, what do you? What does that mean? You didn't do anything then. I I fast forwarded the stuff that didn't interest me. So, I don't know if you can count that as binging. <clears throat> you fast forward through a TV show. I mean, the parts that where they started to tell me about the people's backstories, I didn't really care much for. I mean, I heard the I heard what I had to hear. But if it got dragged on a bit, then I kind of like was just like, eh, okay, let's get to the game. But, <coughs> excuse me, um, but a show that I did end up watching that I really enjoyed a lot more than Squid Games, uh, Alice in Borderland. I was trying to figure out what else to watch next, and I saw that come up on my feed. It looked very similar to Squid Games, and... I was just like, you know what? It was based off of a an uh, uh, manga, um, manga, manga, manga. Your manga. Ooh, manga. Ooh, manga. Um, so I ended up watching that, and that I really was a big fan of. I thought that Alice in Borderland. Uh, it was two seasons, season one and season two. Is it dubbed? It is dubbed. Yeah, it is dubbed. Um, it's Japanese and I thought that that was incredible that big fan of if you have not watched Alice in Borderland I would definitely watch that if you like Squid Games then that show is definitely up your alley it's very thought productive very action packed um, thriller a lot of betrayal um, and a lot and I, I thought it was just enjoyable <coughs> So big cough. Yeah, big one right there. So yeah, Alice in Borderland, I would definitely check out. You wouldn't check it out, right? No. No. <laughs> I don't it, I don't like stuff like that. And I certainly don't want to watch dubbed content. I don't know. I've I'm finding that the dubbed content I do tend to like more. It, it just, just bugs kind of... me because I, I see the mouth is off and it just like in my head I can't get through that. This that they actually did a really good job because the dubbing wasn't too far off from the mouth movement. Well, that's good, which was very impressive. Um, it's like when Power Rangers was dubbed, they had masks on, so yeah, you <laughs> could okay. No, this one it was it was actually not too noticeable. Um, if you don't like, it's not as gory as. Uh, Squid Games. I mean, it definitely still has its moments. I, but... I believe isn't the show called Squid Game? Is it Squid Game? I think so. Squid Game. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I added an S to it. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I almost want to say it's Squid Game. I'm not too sure, but Squid there's Squid Game. Yeah, it's just Squid Game. All right, so let's lose the S. Um. So yeah. So I did that. Squid Game, they're going to have Season 2 uh, at some point. 
And hopefully Alice in Borderland, there is going to be, hopefully there's another season or a spinoff because that I do want to see more of. But what about you? Well, I went to Cheesecake Factory again. But I got uh, the chicken littles this time instead of the the chicken and waffle. But I got a fries, uh, a side of fries and a salad. So that was good. And then I cooked some stuff. I really don't know what to call it. I guess it's a category of Philly cheesesteak, even though it was it was ground beef rather than like shaved beef. Okay. But I made a few of those. Those were good. And then uh, I made meat sauce again and had that over fettuccine. Fettuccine is always good. Yeah. I mean, pasta in general is always good. Yeah. I feel like sometimes fettuccine Alfredo is something that's like, I don't know, if, you, if you're if you a fan and you don't have it for a good amount of time, it tastes incredible. I mean, it depends where. Nah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, it's Alfredo sauce I find to be like one of the easier sauces to do. Yeah. Not that that's... I'm making a bunch of homemade Alfredo sauce recently at all, but mm-hmm. but that's really, that's basically all I did, and then just watched a bunch of wrestling. And... Very cool, and awesome. Any uh, wrestling-related news? Well, I think you know that. Uh, I think before we talk about Monday Night Raw, we should mention Stephanie McMahon put out a long post this week uh, right before NXT, that she's resigning from WWE, and nobody really knows why. It's not our business. She did take a leave of absence in May, which we still don't know why that happened. And then she came back because of the Vince McMahon stuff. And now with Vince McMahon back, I guess she feels like she's not needed there. But yeah. she put over Nick Khan. She put over Triple H. Vince McMahon was then elected as the executive chairman and people flipped out. I mean, it's definitely interesting because, I mean, she was co-CEO. Co-chairwoman. Well, she was a chairwoman. Co-chairwoman. I thought she was co-CEO. No. Yeah. Co-CEO. But she was also the chairwoman? That I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I guess she was co co CEO and she was the chairwoman, I think. Yeah, because her and Nick Khan were yeah. sharing duties. And now he's just the sole CEO. Yes. Triple H is in the same position that he was in. And so Vince was elected to that executive chairman spot, and everyone's like, oh, WWE's dead. They're, he's taken over creative and everything. And it, it really said that he's just there to facilitate potential sales. And. I think it was that night. People were like, by the way, WWE got sold to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I mean, wrestling Twitter took off on this one. And then by the time you wake up, Ariel Helwani was like, no, this isn't confirmed. Sean Ross Sapp was like, this is not, we're, we're not hearing it. It's not confirmed. I don't hear it. Yeah. And then the original person, dirt sheet, dirt, that posted it, deleted it. I don't think it was a dirt sheet. It was that Dazin or Dazin, whatever it's called. The boxing gimmick. Yeah, I, I don't know. Definitely dirt. You know, it don't have to be a dirt sheet, but definitely dirt. It, it's it potential that Saudi Arabia could still purchase WWE, but I would assume maybe WWE put that out there to drive up other companies from bidding. Could be. I mean, I saw a rumor today that 
there was a meeting with Bob Iger. With Disney. seriously, yeah. What? No, I did. I did see that tweeted out. I didn't that see there, that. But that Bob, there was a meeting with Disney executives. And save us, WWE. Bob. Disney announced, by the way, that they're uh, potentially putting in two more water parks in Florida and a third theme park. Maybe that third theme park that's going to be on scale with like Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios is WWE. Let's dream. <laughs> Yeah, apparently uh, Dave Meltzer put it out that Nick Khan recently met with Bob Iger uh, and the president of ESPN, James Picharo. I just hope that if Disney buys it, then like the network's not going to ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I would hope that they at least somehow found a way to keep it on Peacock or, or migrated everything to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to go out and get ESPN plus. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting to see what's going to be taking place with this because it's tough to, I don't know, even for it being a publicly traded company, because the, another part with this entire thing was that they're going to take WWE private. Right. I mean, WWE right now is at its 52 week high. Um, going back and forth between its 52-week high, you know, that high being $93 and change from yesterday, and its low being $47 and change. Right now, it's at like $89.90. So, who knows what could happen to it? I don't know if it's going to actually be one of those companies that ends up taking off over 100 but yeah, I don't know. But also, uh, I think uh, the rock and roller coaster could definitely be rethemed to some sort of WrestleMania ride. That would be interesting. Yeah, you know, get WWE in the parks. <laughs> I I don't I don't think that any because also fandom out there is really making WWE out to be dead. Like right. I I saw a lot of people being like R.I.P. WWE and this and that. It's like. What do they think is actually going to be happening? Even if WWE does sell to another company, what do people actually think is going to happen to WWE? Do they think that it's going to intentionally tank? And it's like, especially maintained creatively, but especially because there's a, it's a publicly traded company. You have to do what's best for the shareholders. Yeah. So it's like keeping it in the family isn't really a question when that might not be what's best for the business. public. I mean, let's also face it. Maybe the family doesn't want to own it. Or also maybe they can't, if Vince McMahon is looking to sell it, maybe his family can't afford to buy it from him instead of passing it down. Maybe he'd rather make uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars on the product this way, he could pass that down to his family instead of having them continu- continuously work with WWE. And let's face it, even if they sell it, I'm sure there will still be a place for a McMahon in the company. Well, whether it's, I don't know. you know, <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it could turn out like the Disney's where it's like you got Disney turning on Disney and it's like, oh, well, that's true. That's very true. 
I guess. But they uh, have every right to because Disney should be paying their employees working wages and living wages and stuff like that. So why? What do you mean? Because they don't. People can't like live off working at Disney. Really? Yeah, and that's messed up. That's really messed up. And like some cast members sleep in their cars and everything. No way. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. And I think um, the latest out of that was that Disney was like willing to increase the the um the salary, but they were informed to like or or advised that they should turn it down because the the increase that they were willing to do wasn't satisfactory. Mhm. So it's all like big evil empires, but I'll go, yeah. I'll watch wrestling and enjoy it. I'll go to the parks and enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll order from Amazon and enjoy it, etc. Yeah. I, I think that no matter what happens, I think that WWE is still going to be a staple television show that's going to be still viewable and watchable for people. I don't yeah. think that it's going to die. Well, at least know? I hope not. Yeah. But, all right, let's get on to it. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kevin Owens opened up Monday Night Raw, but he was immediately interrupted by JBL. I almost did a JBL attempt of a JBL accent, but I don't think I could do that. Yeah. But he was like, uh, Kevin Owens can't beat Roman Reigns. And then he brought out Baron Corbin, who is the only person in the last three years to have a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns. And then Corbin said that he's going to win the Royal Rumble, become champion, and then said that uh, he could put Kevin Owens to sleep. And KO was like, okay, challenge accepted. And then Kevin Owens went on to defeat Baron Corbin. I enjoyed the match. I thought... Kevin Owens hit a very nice swanton in this, which Corbin kicked out of. And I think Corbin had a really nice DDT in this match as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought that it was a good opener too, especially featuring Kevin Owens. Yeah, and then uh, the Usos came out and Kevin Owens tried to fight them off and Solo joined in. So it was too much for him at first, but he grabbed a weapon, a shoe at first, and threw that, I believe. Yeah, he got that from... uh... Mike Rome, I think. Yeah, just taking his shoe off of him. But then he eventually funny. used a chair and they all retreated. And Adam Pierce came out and yelled at the bloodline for doing that. And then Pierce told the Usos that they have uh, a tag team turmoil match tonight or on Monday Night Raw for the number one contender spot for just the Raw tag team titles. So I thought that was pretty cool because those are obviously seemingly maybe testing the waters of splitting up those titles again. Um, I hope not. And then he told Solo that he had to stay and face Dolph Ziggler later on as well. But why not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want different champions? Um, I don't know. I like them being unified. I like them being unified. I like them being, uh, I mean, I'd rather it be unified officially, like into one championship belt. I don't know. I don't need that. And they could 100% split the championships. Like, let's say Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble, whatever. He's like, look, 
my father, the American dream, always wanted to be WWE champion. He didn't want to be universal champion. Uh-huh. So I'm challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE championship. So. It could. Could go that way. After that, Alexa Bliss was uh, interviewed. and uh, Or not even interviewed. She just came out to speak. And she, she brought up Bianca Belair not having to be scared for Bray or Uncle Howdy. Because she's the face of evil. And she hasn't felt this good in a long time. And then we saw an Uncle Howdy video interrupt her. And he asked her if she felt in charge. And then he came out. And then it was immediately cut to commercial break. And had absolutely no follow-up. That's the one thing that I don't like. Is that there's no (laughs) follow-ups. And Alexa Bliss is just standing there. uh, She looked annoyed though. Like. Not, she didn't look scared at all. She was like pissed off that Uncle Howdy was there. So yeah, I she's not scared of Uncle Howdy. Yeah, she was not showing any fear at all. That part I liked, and I liked the the camera, like the the way that the 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 images were flowing together, being cut together or whatever. Yeah, transitioned, I should say, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I, overall, I, I enjoy. I enjoyed this, and I don't, like, people are trashing these segments and stuff, and I just, I'm here for it. I don't care if we have, like, paranormal stuff like that. Metaphysical storylines. Yeah, that stuff doesn't bother me. At all. Not at all. You know? But, next up, you had... Jericho throws fireballs. Like, where's he getting fireballs from? I know. I know. Next up, you had Bailey pick up the victory over Mia Yim. Um, Bailey match... dedicated the match to Becky Lynch, by the way, That's and then true. she gave Damage Control the night off and had them leave. Yep, yep. And I thought because of that, Mia Yim was going to win, but it was Bailey who uh, used the ropes in the end to pick up the victory. But I thought they had a really good match there. I agree with you. I thought that it was very good. You know? And then uh, she was interviewed later on about Becky Lynch and Mia Yim interrupted that and said that she's a fraud, she's a cheat. And then Damage Control jumped Mia Yim. And Bailey told her not to step up for someone who wouldn't be there to have her back because Becky Lynch was not there. No. I believe she's on Young Rock this week, though. Again. The Young Rock. Whew. I don't know about the casting. Of what? Overall, the casting has not been good on that show. I no, you're just talking about Undertaker and stuff like that. I'm talking about like main cast are phenomenal. Oh yeah, no, main cast are great, but the Mankind and Undertaker could have been a lot better. I mean the the pictures that I saw of the Nation of Domination. Yeah, that was that was embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, that was totally embarrassing. You know? But, uh, yeah, back to Monday Night Raw, we saw Becky Austin. Becky Lynch is good, though, I should say. Yeah, which was blew me away with yeah. the accent. But uh, Austin Theory came out, opened it up with the champs here. Again, I think planting seeds for WrestleMania against John Cena. But he brought up Seth Rollins losing to him last week, and then Seth came out on crutches, threw one down, and used the other one as a guitar. And Austin Theory basically just said he's going to win the Royal Rumble, win the championship from Roman Reigns. And then Seth Rollins said that his knee isn't 100%, but he's going 
it, it will be by the time the Raw Rumble happens, and he's going to win the Raw Rumble. Yeah, I thought that this was awesome. I mean, I love the fact that he came out on crushes first working the crowd because, I mean, this is all based off of the last, X. Yeah, the X that he tossed up after the matchup where everybody started speculating that maybe he actually got injured. Um, so he came out with that and I love how he was playing the guitar and everything like that. But again, maybe he did actually get injured. Oh yeah. For, I mean, for him he, to not he, be in there till the rumble. It's very possible that he did legit tweak it, you know, but, but. uh, Bobby Lashley showed up after that and Austin theory tried to take him out, but Lashley took him out with the spear and then Lashley spoke about the raw rumble and Byron tried to get an interview with him later on, and MVP asked him to leave so that they could talk, and and Bobby Lashley ends up not shaking MVP's hand because it was apparently MVP who got Lashley's suspension lifted. We saw the Hurt Business, all three of them together the other week, talking to Adam Pierce, and Lashley's like, we're good, but I'm good on the Hurt Business right now. So... The Hurt Business is not back together 100% just yet, but I'm assuming it'll build to that eventually. Yeah, I mean, the Hurt Business is definitely far from uh, dead. Right. You know. Earlier in the night, we saw Candice LeRae interviewed uh, backstage about Johnny Gargano. He's got a sprain, so he's unfortunately out. But she also spoke about the Royal Rumble. She spoke about uh, a bunch of other things, and Rhea Ripley interrupted her. And it turned into a match, but before Rhea Ripley showed up, I don't know if you noticed this, Nikki was in the background lurking. I did not see that. Yeah, she was just over watching the interview take place, lurking in the background. How long until we need a payoff on this? I don't know. I don't know if the payoff is going to be bring back her, Eric Young, and everybody. Killian Dane. Have you seen a recent picture of Wolf? Yeah. Looks looks he was just incredible recently. Yeah. Incredible shape. You know. But that that again later in the night leads into the match. Rhea Ripley picks up the victory over Candice LeRae, which I, I thought was another good match. I would have preferred for Candice to win this, but I get Rhea Ripley winning. Mm-hmm. I really like that superplex reversal and the German suplex follow-up by Candice. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. So, after that, though, we saw Solo Sokoa pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. Um, And we found out before this match that Adam Pearce actually offered a spot in the tag team turmoil to Mustafa Ali and Dolph Ziggler as a tag team. Yeah. And Ziggler, Mu- Ziggler turned it down in order to face solo. Yeah. Mustafa was ready for it too. Yeah. Ali was, was upset with Dolph Ziggler because of that. Yeah. You as know. far as this match goes, it didn't really seem like the crowd cared about it. At least um, not at the beginning of it. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty good. I like that. It wasn't one sided. I like, I like that Dolph Ziggler was still able to hit his moves, and Solo looked strong for kicking out of some of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I like that no matter what, Solo did come out of this strong. 
Yeah, he reversed the Famouser and popped him up for a, a Samoan spike to pick up that victory. Yeah, and I, I thought that this was a great... I really like that finish, too. Yeah. You know. Also, uh, earlier in the night, we saw a, a Bronson Reed vignette, which was followed up by an interview from him. And Byron asked him why he helped the Miz out, and then Miz showed up, and they were like, oh, we have each other's backs. And then he invited him to be on Miz TV, and Reed's like, if you need something from me, you have to pay me. So he declines the offer to go on to Miz TV. So at least we had Bronson Reed on TV this week in yeah. a non-vignette fashion. But then we lead into Miz TV with Dominic Mysterio as a guest. Dominic coming out and now dressed like K-Dog, which was hilarious. <laughs> I know. Miz obviously asked him about prison and Dom dropping the line. Now I know how Martha Stewart feels. (laughs) I thought this was all incredible, you know, talking about that and how awful it was and how you learned snitches get stitches. And then Miz drops the thing. He's like, you know, I heard from a source that uh, you were only held in county jail for a few hours. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was funny. But then the OC came out for their match, which was the, the end, the main event. And we saw Judgment Day pick up that victory. They ran the whole turmoil. It started with them and the OC. We saw Dominic get involved in that and hold Carl Anderson's leg behind the referee's back. And that allowed for the Judgment Day to move on from that. We saw not the Hurt Business Hurt Business come out. Um, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who had a pretty good match with the Judgment Day here. Which was interesting because, I mean, with everything that happened earlier in the night with MVP. I thought for sure they were going to be winning this match because of everything that happened with MVP and Lashley earlier on. I thought for sure they were going to at least come out as uh, a group, you know? Well, if they weren't going to win, then there would be no point to that. But even still, they didn't even come out as a tag team name. But they came out together, though, didn't they? Yeah, they came out together. but Well, because they're not the Hurt Business yet. Yeah, they weren't announced as the Hurt Business or anything like that. I don't even know if they made mention of the Hurt Business on commentary. Probably not necessary until it actually happens. I guess. After that, though, the Alpha Academy came out. Otis over big time with that crowd. He busted out the, uh, not the worm, the caterpillar. Yeah, First fans time loved in a it. long time. <laughs> and then uh, Balor ends up pulling Gable onto him, and Otis didn't realize it when he hit the Vader bomb, and that ended their their spot in the match. Finn I like Balor this part, too. His, Balor I, hurt his ribs at this point. Yeah, I, I liked how Balor like, pulled in. Who was it against? It was um, uh, Chad Gable. Alpha Americans. I liked how he pulled Alpha Academy. Yeah, I liked how he pulled Chad. Like he held Chad Gable down, like give him a hug, and that led to them being able to pick up the victory. But I liked how that was a reversal. Instead of just rolling out of the way, I liked how he held him there against his body to get the hit. You know. Well, it fed into the story where now Adam Pierce comes out and says, "You either have to forfeit, or you put Dominic in the match and." They end up putting... Which I didn't understand because at first they were like, I'll go with Solo. Yeah. You know? They were in you alone. by himself. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were saying... (laughs) I thought you were about to say you thought he was talking about Solo Sokoa. No, no, no. But, uh, yeah. So the Street Profits were the last team out. And 
I definitely could be mistaken, but I think they were the longest, the the team to be in the ring with the Judgment Day longest. I think. Um, but Judgment Day, they I think they they obviously I think killed it here too, yeah. with the Street Profits and Dominic ends up winning, the same way Bailey did. So I think that part sucked, with the feet on the ropes. Ah, uh, true, true. But uh, uh, Damian Priest was in that match for over fifty minutes. So Priest when, when the match awesome in this when this match started, I was like, it seems quite early for them to be starting this match. And then 50 minutes later, I think this match was great. Yeah. Each That's... team came out there and, and worked their ass off in this match. Yeah. I and totally agree to end Monday night. Raw, we saw the Usos come down and stare, stare the judgment day down face to face. So we have judgment day versus the Usos coming up. Yeah. And I thought that it was a enjoyable way to end. I thought that priest was a, an all-star during this entire thing. Yeah. You know, but that's Monday night raw moving over to NXT new year's evil opening up with chase. You a video, uh, not even like, I guess like a video package of hyping up. Yeah. Andre chase, basically giving everybody the assignment to watch the show, which I thought was a funny way to open it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. The, the first match though, we saw Dijak pick up the victory over Tony D'Angelo and uh, this match, I thought there were good spots, and I thought there were weird spots. Like, I didn't understand why Stax had to be handcuffed like that. But Stax ends up getting in the ring to try to protect Tony D'Angelo from Dijak. Tony throws him down. That basically distracts Tony D'Angelo, and Dijak ends up getting the victory off of that. But, like, at that portion, he was like, he's like, boss, boss, it's me. I'll protect you, basically. And he goes, I'm not boss. I'm your family or something like that. Yeah. I didn't quite get the ending there. Like, the sacrifice spot didn't really resonate with me. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I see where you're coming from. After that, we saw, we're supposed to see the Creeds versus Inda, sure, but... That didn't happen. We saw Sangha come out. Veer wasn't there. And Sangha was like, but I will do a two-on-one match. And just then, attacking from behind, Jinder Mahal attacked the Creeds. Was not expecting him to be coming back. Just over 10 years, I think, since Jinder's last appearance on uh, NXT television. No way. Yeah, I think his last match was against Seth Rollins... For the NXT Championship in, uh, I want to say 2012. Wow. Yeah. But, so we didn't get into Sheer versus the Creeds, but Valentina Ferois was questioning Sanga afterwards. And she's like, is this who you really are? And he said yes, and then walked off. And then Electra Lopez told her, like, that's how it should be. And then she mentioned the upcoming Battle Royal. She's like, maybe you should just focus on that. Yeah. And then later on, Julius was pissed off and threatened Jinder Mahal. Ivy tried to talk him out of it, but that really wasn't going to happen. So he went to go get a match made. She went to go get ready for the Battle Royal. But we ended up with Jinder Mahal and, and Julius Creed later on. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. We saw Pretty Deadly have a number one contender gauntlet, which 
They defeated, quote-unquote, the Rockers, which I thought was really funny that they did this. I thought it would have been a lot better had the, the enhancement talent come out looking like the Rockers. Yeah, that would have been really funny. But it ties into the New Day asking Pretty Deadly to gather them up like legendary things. But yeah. after that victory, New Day came out and they were like, we're going to have actual top tag teams for you to beat. And then the first one was Anofi and, and Blade. And Anofi wrestled with his shirt on. So either that tattoo's real, he's working the marks, or he got in trouble for it and it is real. I don't know. Why was the tattoo? The giant WWE logo on his chest. Oh. Gotcha. So I don't, I don't know if it's real or not. I actually still haven't seen an image of it. So they end up having a match, whatever. Briggs and Jensen were supposed to be the next team out, but they were attacked backstage and then Gallus came out. Surprising everybody. They're back. They won. Totally over. Gallus won. So we're going to see New Day versus Gallus at Vengeance Day. And I was definitely hoping for Harlem Heat, but I'm here for Gallus versus New Day, 100%. I would, uh, yeah, I'm totally for seeing Gallus versus New Day. Do you think that Gallus is going to go over on them? Um, I think it's a possibility. Possibility. Okay, could be. Could Either be. way, I think Kofi Kingston will enter the Royal Rumble as NXT Tag Team Champion. So, I could see that. After that, we had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams at the the diner kind of spoofing Apollo Crews. And the main thing was was them saying that they don't need a vision like Apollo Crews. I just have to go out there and become champion. And then we saw Apollo Crews and Axiom speaking later on, and Crews was super worked up over it, and Axiom was just like, calm down, brother. And then... Apollo pitched a tag match for next week, so that match gets set up for next week. Which should be an awesome match. I think so. Yeah. But, yeah. Next up, you ended up having... Let's see. I lost track. What is on deck? Tiffany Stratton made her big return to just put the locker room on notice. Yeah. It was built up for weeks in this video package and then kind of fell flat. Yeah, I agree. After that, Something Kane about- and Carter and, and Katana Chance were congratulated by a cameraman as they were like walking into the performance center for breaking the record for longest day, longest reigning uh, tag team champions in NXT. And then he tried to get an interview with Chip- Tiffany Stratton on her way out and she's just like no, and then left. So I don't know, like, what was the point of that? Yeah, I didn't understand the point of that. But something that kind of fell flat was I'm not not even kind of something that did fall flat in my opinion. This was something that was surprising to be at this point of the night because you expected it to be the main event potentially. Yeah, yeah. Broad Breaker. Picking up the victory over Grayson Waller to retain the championship, but it was via countout. I mean, yeah, I guess you had Grayson Waller going to the second rope, 
He was going to do a maneuver, lose. <coughs> the rope gives way. He falls to the outside. Count out. <coughs> so the middle rope broke, which was clearly planned. And they end up fixing it during a commercial break. The match continued. I liked when that continued, when Grayson Waller was using the Steiner recliner, even if it didn't last long. But I still enjoyed uh-huh. that. But then, like you said, he went back to that middle rope and that middle rope broke again and he rolled out of the ring. Yeah. So it was a way to just further this feud. And then it was it was noted that Shawn Michaels will have a, a big announcement at the end of NXT. In regards I'm to like, all that. And I'm like, oh, Braun Breaker's about to be facing somebody huge at Vengeance Day. Boy, but. were you wrong. But, uh, yeah, so we, we go on from that match. Charlie Dempsey picks up the victory from Hank Walker. Um, Hank ends up getting an armbar on Charlie Dempsey, which I thought maybe could be the end, but I would to me it would make Dempsey look weak. So I'm happy that he was able to reverse from that. And it just led to Hank Walker trying to reach for the rope while he was in a submission and Charlie Dempsey rolled him away and then made him tap out, which Drew Gulak was disappointed in Hank Walker for. Yeah. But I was happy that Dempsey got that victory there. Yeah, I agree with you. After that, we got a video package from Tyler Bate, who said that he'll be back next week. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, Bate's coming back. We had another NXT Anonymous video. Uh, that said, even if you don't see me, I have eyes and ears everywhere. And it was a video of Oro Mensa in the locker room. There was a video apparently last week that I missed. But this week was a man's voice. The previous two videos were female voices. So now I don't know if it's going to be a man and a woman coming in. Mm-hmm. Or what's going to happen. It just feels like it's going to be something disappointing. But I truly um, hope that it's not disappointing. Yeah, I just hope not disappointing. After that, yeah. Jinder Mahal picked up the victory over Julius Creed. Uh, this was a good match. Yeah, I that mean... jump scale to the top turnbuckle for Julius Creed and hit that superplex. Very impressive. And it was just, it's, all, it's just great to see Jinder Mahal back on NXT, too. But uh, Sanga got involved, and that's how Jinder ended up winning. But still very enjoyable. After that, Stevie Turner showing up on NXT programming. She had a a streaming gimmick, which was weird. But it's basically just to say that she's now in NXT. She's she's from NXT UK, if you're unfamiliar with her. So I would say definitely go back and check out some of her work. I'm just pumped that we're, we're seeing more NXT UK involved. Yeah, this was very NXT UK heavy, even though it like wasn't at the same time. Yeah, there was a lot of involvement. And then we had the main event of NXT. New Year's Evil was a number one contender spot battle royal gimmick for the number one contender spot. Obviously, that's what uh, number one contender means. But it was a battle royal toxic attraction end up picking up the victory. I'm very happy that Toxic Contraction picks up the victory with this one. Cora Jade was eliminated first, which was very surprising. Yeah. And then she came back in. She was out right again, right away. I liked 
Kiana James helping Fallon Henley in here, even though Fallon was kind of like hesitant for that to happen. I liked Sol Ruka having that Kofi Kingston spot. I thought that was nice. And then Wendy Chu, I guess, kind of had one later on where she landed on the pillow, but Electra Lopez ended up pulling the pillow out from under her, so she was eliminated from that. But it came down to Toxic Attraction, Alba Fire, and Lyra Valkyria. And Cora Jade ends up distracting Valkyria. She was eliminated from that. And then JC, it's the final two at that point, JC and Gigi. And JC's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And Gigi's like, no, don't do it, don't do it. Then they actually start wrestling and people are like, how freaking dare they split up Toxic Attraction? And it's like, are you dumb? Are you not watching the program? At what point did they split up Toxic Attraction? Just because they're wrestling each other doesn't mean that they're split up. They're clearly both like, what's one supposed to do in the situation where they're... Yeah, you kind of have to. It's like one winner. I can understand where maybe they're like, okay, let's both go over at the same time. But like in that situation, I think it's perfectly fine for the, a partner to, to wrestle each other. Yeah. But they ended up continuing to to wrestle and they both ended up falling from the apron at the exact same time. So they both now go to vengeance day to face Roxanne Perez. So Roxanne Perez technically has the cards, the deck stacked against her. So normally you have a 33 and a third percent chance. of winning. But two-thirds of that match are, are tag team and toxic attraction, so. Yeah. Well, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that match. And then we had the big HBK announcement. The announcement, yes. And uh, some people, I jokingly was like, oh my God, it's going to be Jay White versus Braun Breaker. <laughs> but then as soon as they cut to backstage and you saw Shawn Michaels sitting in the boardroom with Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller, I'm like, oh, it'll probably be a cage match. Because the ropes can't break in a cage match. You got no worries about ropes, really. So Shawn Michaels announces that Vengeance Day, Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker will face off once again. And this time it'll be inside of a steel cage. I don't know if I see Grayson Waller walking out as champion, though. I'm still going to say yes. I'm still going to say that I, I want to see Grayson Waller as champion. But wanting to see versus thinking he's going to. I'm going to say that he's going to as well. Okay. I'm going to say he's going to as well. Well, that's New Year's Evil moving over to SmackDown. Gunter picked up the victory over Braun Strowman to retain the Intercontinental Championship. We saw Gunter send Imperium to the back before the match. He wanted to do everything by himself, but they did make their way out to help him the crowd was super behind Strowman in this. But they did a bunch of strongman stuff. I thought it was a decent match. And I think it'd be nice to see Gunter get an Intercontinental Championship reign, much like the NXT UK Championship reign that he had. And then later on, he was interviewed about uh, the match and everything. And he said that he overcame his biggest challenge so far as Intercontinental Champion, that being Braun Strowman. And now he wants to enter the Raw Rumble. He wants to win the Raw Rumble. He wants to main event WrestleMania and win the championship there. 
We saw Rey Mysterio come out and speak about the holidays and what happened with Dominic and how he's fed up with Dominic. And in order to get back on track, he said he needs to enter and win the Royal Rumble. And that drew out Karrion Cross, who spoke about Rey Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble 17 years ago. Which is just crazy to think that was 17 years ago. But he also called Rey Mysterio bad father and said that Dominic... Uh, Ray maybe is uh, is disappointed that Dominic didn't turn out like him. And then Ray Mysterio got pissed from that and attacked him. At first got the upper hand, but Scarlet tripped him up and Karrion Cross choked him out. Tegan Knox picked up the victory over Zia Lee. I wish there was more of a match here, but they worked with what they had. I think it was a, a good match for what was like it was a short match, but I thought it was still good. And I, I think both of them needed the victory here. So hopefully Zia Lee gets more victories and hopefully Tegan Knox gets more wins as well. We saw the Viking Raiders. They showed footage from SmackDown last week after it went off the air. They attacked Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. And then they went into a video with them and Valhalla. And McIntyre and Sheamus were in Adam Pierce's office wanting a match with them. And Sheamus is like, no, I want the Usos. And then they argued back and forth. We want, I want Viking Raiders. I want the Usos. And then Adam Pierce is like, well, I'm setting up a tournament starting next week for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So you're going to be in the first round as a tag team facing the Viking Raiders. And I am beyond pumped for that match. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match next Friday. We saw Bray Wyatt come out. He had the spotlight in the rocking chair. I thought that was really nice. But he also said that he's Uncle Howdy. And uh, I think that's what stuck out the most from here. I wish there was more to it. But it was also about the Royal Rumble in LA night. So we'll see what happens there. Earlier in the women's locker room, Emma, Maxine, and Liv Morgan were talking. And Raquel Rodriguez walked in as well. But they all spoke about how they think wanting to be number one in the Royal Rumble is not smart. And Liv Morgan ended up smacking the absolute hell out of Raquel Rodriguez and challenged her to a match. And then Liv went out there, lost to Raquel Rodriguez. And uh, they put on a, a pretty good match. And given that it was a Royal Rumble match, storyline match, they did Royal Rumble spots. I like that Liv went into this like a maniac. Since losing to Ronda Rousey, she's definitely, we've seen a different side of her. Liv even took out a table to use. And Raquel ends up getting up from it. She swats Liv Morgan out of the air, picks her up for the Tahana bomb and picks up the victory there. So maybe Liv Morgan's going to be the one that wins the, the Royal Rumble at number one. After that, uh, Sonya Deville was in Adam Pierce's office. Annoyed with him for not granting her a match, a rematch with Charlotte Flair for the Women's Championship. And Sonya brought up the Royal Rumble. And Adam Pierce was like, yes, that's exactly how I want you to earn the match. And then Sonya Deville said she'll go out and find a way to do so. And then ended up attacking Charlotte. Charlotte, I would say, got the upper hand in that brawl, though. Earlier in the night, Sami Zayn went to go speak to the Bloodline. Paul Heyman said that they weren't there. It was just him. 
And he said he uh, Roman wants Sami Zayn to do it all by himself. And Sami's like, Roman made the right call. Kevin Owens was about to be interviewed again further after that. And Sami interrupted. Kevin Owens said that the bloodline came to Monday Night Raw. And he's going to be taking them out one by one. Even if Sami Zayn is part of that. After Sami was like, why would you follow me here? I was coming. I, I came to SmackDown to get away from you. To do stuff on my own. And Kevin Owens was like, well, I only came to SmackDown because they came to Raw. And Sammy again guaranteed Kevin Owens that he's not being used in this situation. The match happens. Main event. Kevin Owens picked up the victory over Sami Zayn via disqualification. It starts. Kevin Owens goes for that handshake and Sami Zayn kicks it away. And then they went on to absolutely kill it. Like, absolutely killed it. Move after move after move. Had the ending been different, I think this... uh, I mean, even with the ending that happened, I think maybe this was the match of the week. You had Sami Zayn uh, about to hit the Huluva kick, and the Usos and Solo Sokoa jumped Kevin Owens. And Sami Zayn looked shocked and disappointed that that happened. And I think it's a shame that it happened because they were, again, killing it. But Kevin Owens tried to fight back. It was just too much. Solo Sokoa even uh, hit a, a splash off the barricade through the commentary table to Kevin Owens. So I think we're going to end up seeing McIntyre and Sheamus win that tournament, go on to face the Usos and lose, and then we'll eventually see the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn where they will dethrone the Usos for one of the championships. Or maybe both, I don't know. But I thought uh, I thought that was great, other than the ending. But even the ending was great, because Sami Zayn, the way he was selling it, was fantastic. But that's SmackDown, going to take a quick little break. And I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. Hey, this is Bob Camp, Renaissance director, and I directed Mad Dog Hoek, everybody's favorite wrestling cartoon. We got a little message here from Lump and Loaf. We know where you live. We know where your parents live. All right, so watch out because they're going to get you. And be sure to listen to Marking Out, all right? Back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It is Chris here with Brandon to take you somewhat of the rest of the way home for the show. Brandon, hey. What up? How are you? I'm doing great. You're not saying awesome as always? Come on. I, I, know. I don't know. I feel like there should be one awesome as always per show. Oh, okay. So we only get that in the beginning. We don't get that in the middle with me. I, I understand. I don't get to do Markout Moments of the Week. I don't get to do this. You know, I don't get an awesome as always. Come on. Do you want it to be awesome as always? No, not anymore. It's ruined. But, you know, and professional wrestling might have been ruined for a lot of people this week. And sports entertainment... Um, it's been a heck of a week, I'll tell you that much. It's a lot <laughs> yeah. of highs, a lot of lows, some lefts, some rights. Uh, but we've gotten some awesome professional wrestling in this past week. And let's go back to last Friday because AEW had Rampage. It was live from the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Portland, Oregon. Um, in Rip City, as I just found out that it's called, like, you know, for last Friday night on Ramp- uh, on Battle of the Belts, I had to Google what Rip City meant. And they're like, Portland, Oregon. I was like, oh, great. 
Uh, but you start off. Right. What does it mean, though? I'm I'm curious. Uh, I've heard it before. Let's see. Oh, I I I knew that Rip City meaning. Let's see. Let's Google this first. Why is Portland called Rip City? Um, uh, for years, Portland has been dubbed Rip City. Here's the story behind the nickname. Portland Trailblazers were playing the Lakers, and they were losing bad. Uh, after being down more than 20 points, the Blazers found themselves with a chance to tie the game. Shooting guard. Jim Barnett got the ball and took an ill-advised shot from nearly half court, and this was before the three-point shot existed. However, the ball found the bottom of the net. Uh, Burnett tied the game. The crowd burst into cheers. Bill Scully spewed a nonsensical phrase, Rip City, all right, he yelled. The legendary announcer <laughs> is the first to admit he had no idea where the words came from, <laughs> nor did he have any idea his stream of consciousness uh, consciousness litness word vomit would catch fire and change Portland culture forever. Uh, so I found this on culturetrip.com. Hmm. So that's where Rip City came from. Basketball. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm in the heart of basketball season right now. It's uh, It's been fun. And I did an ice hockey broadcast last week, which was a blast. I had so much fun doing it. It was cold as heck. Um, but it's... Speaking of cold. Yeah, speaking of cold. We had... In Portland, Oregon. No, no, no. We had a uh, a uh, a winter thunderstorm last night, this right? This week, yeah. I it was it was raining. That's a very rare thing. Yeah, I know. I was driving on uh, the good old uh, Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway home from work, and I just the delight the it just lit up. I was just like the oh. old uh, the old tall tales or whatever say something like uh, if you get a winter thunderstorm in like a week or so later, there's going to be piles of snow we're all gonna die no piles of snow damn. though um, well what do you mean damn i don't want to die <laughs> i know neither do i, I. want to die pal <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna enter mortal combat and win it i'm gonna kill it <laughs> yeah, it sure is so i'm gonna inject it with a lethal dose <laughs> of blood oil <laughs> anyway let's talk about AEW. blackpool combat club daniel brian danielson and john moxley that was my first flub on it picked up a victory over top flight great tag team action here uh, really gave Top Flight the ability to shine, but you know the obvious choice was for uh, Danielson to hit that regal stretch and force Darius Martin to tap. Top Flight starting before the the bell yeah. and outside the ring as well. Well, you even said it. What was it last week? They had a single. There was somebody in the Blackpool Combat Club versus somebody in Top Flight, and then like a couple weeks. But there's been like this small yeah, I don't, little like, story I don't, arc. I don't get the feud. <laughs> I don't. It just it it just didn't like it from day one. It didn't make sense. But it's a it's, way. It's a great way to show, show, show young talent and working with. I like the the spot that set up the flying knee from Brian Danielson. Yes. It was very fast-paced. I really enjoyed it. Darius did, like, a roundhouse yeah. or a roundabout uh, throw into the rope, like a, a do-si-do sort yes. of thing. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know how to describe it. I think do-si-do covers it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think Jericho said it the best. There are no losers in a match like that. So, mm. and he's right about that one. Uh, women's tag team action before their big tag team match on AEW Dynamite. Um, you had Britt Baker and Jamie Hader pick up a victory over the Renegade Sisters. Brandon, I know you're a fan of the Renegade Sisters. They they got some yeah. they got some nice offense in here, but you know it's been about six months since we've seen them on television, so that was nice. Yeah, it was nice. I know they they have music. I was so for some reason I've had Jamie Hader's theme music stuck in my head for like the past week, and I have to say like Jamie Hader, I feel like she's having like the best time of her life right now because like especially in her entrance on Rampage on Rampage, she got into the ring and her music starts hitting hard and she's like fist bumping and having a great time. 
And yeah, she's the top baby face in the company. And I thought Britt Baker's entrance on like the entranceway that you hate so much, I thought was no, no, no. Didn't say I, I hate it. Okay, but regardless, um, I thought it was just it was very. You know, all the screens had different things popping on. You had those back screens that were lit up with something else. And then I thought it was just – and then the fireworks, I thought it was beautiful. I just sat there. I'm like, this is – they did I it right. I think Britt's entrance, the, the back back screen, it makes it look like she's in a circus. But I think it's supposed to be blood dripping. <laughs> yeah, it is blood dripping. But I – But it's like the, the white and red stripe that looks like the this classic, like, circus tent. Yes. So – but this, this match also, by the way, starting before the bell – yeah, because Jamie hit the killer in the pillar, man. They got to show people yeah. that they're they're not screwed around. I don't think it screams I could beat Soraya and Tony Storm, but take that aspect out of it. I enjoyed the match. Whoa, uh, squash match here as Pero Peligroso Preston Vance picks up a victory of Sonico. That's all and we then, got. And then after the match, uh, he Preston took the Vance mask off. He rips the mask off. So. Maybe that'll be his. I don't know who Sonico is. I looked him up, but yeah, not, I'm not familiar. Not familiar with him at all. And then your main event, TNT Championship Open Challenge. Darby Allen successfully defends against the Kingdom. Mike Bennett. I like the fact that Mike Bennett got uh, a, a time to shine here because Mike Bennett is definitely one of those guys who you know he was big in Impact. He was big in Ring of Honor. You know his WWE career did not go the way that you know maybe it should have. Um, but he really got a, a, a good match here with with somebody like Darby Allen, who's you know, one of the top baby faces in AEW. And at least he's defending the title. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. do we think Mike Bennett is walking out after being left off TV for months and being champion? Absolutely not. Well, I think he's the kingdom's going to be more part of like the Ring of Honor than they are the AEW. But you know, it's cool. I'm about. Would it, it have been nice if he was champion though? No, it would have been great. <laughs> I would. I, I think. <laughs> You know, Mike's a good guy, uh, one of those good guys on social media, you know, very motivational, um, you know, and especially, you know, him turning his life around and him being very, you know, open about it. You know, his his struggles with uh, alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. And he's turned his life around. He's got an amazing shape uh, and he's a good guy. So uh, good match. Good defense for Darby Allen. So uh, continue on with these open challenges. Let's go because we had Battle of the Belts 5 right after this. As you start off with a no-holds-barred match between the Acclaimed and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, which the Acclaimed picked up the victory. Uh, you saw everybody get involved here. Satnam Singh. You saw Sanjay Dutt try to be the referee. You saw Billy, you know, Daddy Ass get involved as well. Uh, but ultimately, it was you know, Sanjay Dutt thinking that he was a referee and uh, Aubrey uh, taking his pencil, breaking it, and causing the distraction for the Acclaimed to pick up the victory. So- it's weird that this was like a no holds barred match. Cause I feel like most of the, the no holds barred stuff happened after a ref bump. Yes. Yes. So it's like, mm. Hey, listen, they didn't have to, but there were so many, like, you know, you had Jay, uh, um, as I said, Sanjay Dutt get involved. Um, people getting ejected, right? No. Well, yeah. No. Satnam Singh hit that double choke slam on the acclaimed. Yeah. I thought in front it was of the new referee. Well, it was a no holds barred match. So, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Aubrey got her Hulkamania spot. Yeah, well, you know, she's a, she's in her hometown. Everyone loves her, so. Meanwhile, during the three count, Satnam Singh just watched it. He watched it happen and did nothing. I, I guess he was just so knocked out. <laughs> he took, he took the guitar part. to the head, right? Uh, But, like, it didn't do anything. Yeah, well, maybe it just couldn't cut him custom, and he just not, got knocked out and didn't know where he was. 
I didn't get why the match took place in the first place because it was Triple J who cheated last week. Yes. It, like, why would they get a rematch? Maybe they just wanted one. The Acclaimer Fighting Champions. I, I do think the uh, the best spot in the match was that figure four spot that they rolled down the ramp. Yes. It was fun. That was cool, yeah. Okay, all we got to say about this is Jade Cargill picks up a victory over Sky Blue. It's like, who's going to stop Jade Cargill? I mean, Sky Blue, though, it's still like, it wasn't one-sided here, so I'm just happy no, about I, that. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what? Again, a, a young talent like Sky Blue who's you know contracted to AEW, they're giving her an opportunity to shine here. Like, that Code Blue that she does is, like, one of the best. Like, I would love for that Code Blue to be in a WWE video game. <laughs> what happens if it's in uh, AEW Fight Forever? You're like, I'm not playing Fight Forever. No, I mean, I'm not paying $80 for a mobile game. Okay. All right. So. But that was. But I, I've also, uh, I think, the the big topic of this match was the ending of the match. Okay. Which, uh. Like, I think it took a little too long for the finisher because it like it almost looked like a video game with all the transi- transitions. Oh, with the way she, but, where she posts. No, but, like, you but saw it was it, like, very impressive for Jade. Yes, yes, I agree. Like, But, like, she also, like, um, what was it? Like, Sky Blue was, was like, going to give her a victory roll and she threw her up. But she, like, posted yeah. her legs out so that way she couldn't fall, which I thought right, was yeah. very, very impressive. Yeah. Also, so. uh, Red Velvet ended up walking off at the end of the match, so. Well, Red Velvet didn't even come out with Jade. But she was out there. Yeah, she was out there. So it looks like this is going to be her next opponent. It's going to be Red Velvet. She's no longer a baddie. We'll see uh, who will take the title off of Jade. But they also like kind of hyped up that she's coming up to a year as being the TBS champion. So cool on that. Main event, outstanding, outstanding wrestling match here as Orange Cassidy successfully defends his All-Atlantic Championship against Kip Sabian. This is like... This has been a big feud, I want to say, over maybe like the past two months or so. And all the components of this story were involved. You got, especially in the beginning of the match, too, Kip Sabian, like, he's been in the head of uh, Orange Cassidy. And he even said that, too. Like, he, once he rolls out of the ring, he puts the glasses on, he sits there, he's like, I'm in your head. He starts singing the cranberries. You know, then he has, like, the component of Penelope Ford and Ali, or... Sorry, the bunny walking down and like both of them got involved and they both got kicked out. Danhausen eventually uh, went to curse Kip, but Kip bit his finger. But which led to Orange Cassidy to dive out onto Kip. But the the next dive that Cassidy hit, I thought was pretty cool because Kip caught him. Yes, and turned it into that apron neck breaker. Yeah, uh, the, the the corkscrew neck breaker. Yeah, yeah, I thought. It- but then. You got Butcher and Blade making their way out to take Dan Housen out. Yes. And then the best friends brawl with them. The referee then sees Kip get thrown, or not get thrown, throwing Orange Cassidy to that side of the ring. And then he completely turned around to talk to, to Penelope Ford and Kip. I don't understand. The the bunny did not get kicked. She didn't get kicked. She ki- was there serving as a distraction with Kip. She, she was serving as a distraction. That part didn't make sense at all to me. Okay. But, like, every like every component, like, the best friend's coming out to save their best friend in Orange Cassidy after, you know, the turmoil of having Trent face Orange Cassidy. And then the Butcher and the Blade are now, like, kind of pairing with Kip Sabian. Like, every component to this, this feud was shown within this match. And you had Orange Cassidy hit two or- orange uh, punches to pick up the victory here. I thought this match was awesome. Um... 
I, this is something. Do you think like with the way that Orange Cassidy has been defending his title against everybody, do you think this title kind of like puts it over the TNT Championship a little bit? Like in like no, no, you don't think so? Okay, so I, in in fact, <laughs> I actually got when I saw that this match t- took place, I was like, wasn't it just defended on Rampage? Yeah. He's... Because I'm getting the TNT Championship now confused with the All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah, well, I I mean, Orange Cassidy's doing a great job with it. Um, so I'm stoked about that. Let's go over to AEW Dynamite, live from the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. You start... They, uh, what? they got rid of those, those barricades, what which ba- was nice. What barricades? Those, like, indie guardrails. That seemed like oh. super dangerous always. Oh, I didn't even pay attention to that. Sorry. Yeah, they have brand new ones that they're they're still like thin, but it's way more solid and they look really nice. Yeah, listen, they're they're bumping up here in 2023, and yeah, it's the WWE presentation, and I'm happy for that. Yeah, well, listen, you you said it last they week. They brought they brought the WWE guy in, and <laughs> they're changing everything to WWE. So, well, listen, you know, since the cons are going to be buying WWE soon, you know, might, yeah, they might right. as well. <laughs> You would, you would do you quit think Shad being... would let Tony like he's not going to give Tony money for that. Why not? I don't know. He's not he even gave, successfully he... running AEW right now. Are you kidding me? All what right. do you mean? I, I, all right, WWE Mark. All right, let's 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 talk about the action at hand here. Hangman Page, his first match in like three months, picks up a, vi- a huge victory over John Moxley last week on Rampage. He's like, "Yep, I'm cleared. I'm ready to go." This match was as expected. Hard Big hitting, pay-per-view quality. Pay-per-view quality match to start off this this event. And you have ha- Hangman Page hit a dead eye, and then he hits um, a uh, Buckshot Lariat Buckshot. for the win. I just don't like how many like Lariats he hit in this match. Well, that's the, it's, it's the strong style. I feel like the big finish should have just been the one and only Lariat instead of like six or seven total. Okay. And I feel like there should have been more emphasis on Hangman being out with the concussion previously. I mean, he's cleared to go, so. But now, so what I didn't like was when they were doing a concussion storyline with Hangman because we literally saw it with Brian Danielson a few weeks prior to that. Now, at the end of this match, it seems like they're running a concussion angle with Moxley. Well... Now he, you can say, like, next week, let's say, like, oh, yeah, you know, he was taken and it was validated by trainers. Hangman Page could come out and say something to the fact, like, oh, remember how last week, uh, you know, you say you don't care, you know, in the ring we do this? Well, guess what? I, you know, listen, I- I'm glad you're better, but really, when you step in, he can, he can say, you know, hey, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, the ir- like the irony of it. I'm trying to think of, like, the right way to say this. I think it's goofy. Okay. Of course you think it's goofy. You know, just I, I just I, I hate when a concussion is a storyline and they literally just used a concussion storyline back to back and now they're doing it again. But potentially. OK, next up, Tony Mox fell after the match. He did. And they well, I, you know, this is and then Wheeler. You ran down to try to help him up. Yeah, that wasn't shown on TV. I don't think I don't think so. Neither was I don't I, I saw a video from uh, Rampage this week that will be I, I thought Mox was having a seizure at the end of that match. Uh, listen, have you been in the ring? You gotta you gotta spit up, you gotta clear your throat, everything like that. It just looked like he had rabies. A little bit. So I've never seen anybody with rabies. <laughs> neither have I. So I don't want to see anybody with rabies. Let's continue on. Tony Giovanni was in the ring for an interview with 
Adam Cole making his return to AEW. Last time we saw him was at Forbidden Door. Um, cut to I couldn't imagine who Tony was about to bring out with the way he introduced him. Neither did I. And then, and then he disappeared from the ring. I'm like, where did Tony go? And then Adam Cole came out. I'm like, God, hell yes, finally he's back. I know. I was so. I was. I was really. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was watching it, and all of a sudden, they, you know, his music hits, and I was like, yes, let's go. Because he released a a big Forbidden Door track this week on the internet. Or I know. Last week, I saw it, it was it was Sunday, I think. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. With Claudia. Yes. Claudio. Yes. <laughs> and uh, obviously Austin and um, Tyler Breezy. Breezy, yes. But we're talking the about party. Ad- um, we're talking about Adam Cole coming back to AEW. Uh, everyone's saying they missed him. He said he's got good news that you know he's all cleared up. But he said the bad news is that everybody in the AEW locker room has to move over. His career. He thought his career was over, but it's not. This now. What did I say? Who's going to be the AEW champion at the end of twenty twenty three? Was it uh, was it Adam Cole? It, come on, listen to the product, brother. Yes, it was. I just sat there with a big smile on my face because now you can kind of do the slow build to Adam Cole taking the AEW championship. Put him on TV and some backstage promos and stuff like that for the next coming weeks. Let this MJF, Brian Danielson thing. And then you can go in like all out and have MJF versus Adam Cole. Adam Cole pick up the victory there. Like, it really sets Adam Cole in a good place right now to make him a really top babyface here in AEW. And I'm so well, I don't know it. if I necessarily think Adam Cole is going to actually beat MJF for the title, though. Why do you not think that? I just, I, I would find it very hard to see MJF losing the championship before 2024. Really? I mean, I can, yeah. I, I don't know. I can kind of see it now. Um, but hey, listen, differences in opinion. Next up, Jungle Hook picks up the victory over Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Uh, I said it last week. Once Hook T-bone suplexes Big Bill, uh, it's gonna be great, and it got a great huge pop from the crowd. And yeah, that's all I got. It was Jungle Boy going over in his hometown. That's it. Um, match and segment of the evening. American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Oh, wait, hold on. I I feel like we should mention the backstage segment here. With what? Danhausen, Orange Cassidy, and Paul Walker Hauser. Oh, but that's the, but the whole segment's going to happen on Rampage. But people all over the internet, who is this? Why is he here? I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but it's like, it's so funny because, so... He obviously he won a Golden Globe. I don't know what the show is. I don't have Apple TV anymore, but he won a Golden Globe for that. And I think because he had the Golden Globe with him, people should just have accepted like, okay, he's like an actor like that's you could put two and two together, at least for that. But Paul Walker Hauser is somebody who has been on. Um. WWE programming. Also, I've been saying Walker. It's Walter. Walter. But <laughs> so that just goes you're just a big like Fast and Furious fan. I understand. <laughs> but no, yeah, Paul. Yeah, it's Paul Walter Hauser. But he, there was a, a movie that I had spoken about on this show. It's called Queen Pins. It's about a, um, a couponing gimmick with um, Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn. But 
the movie script originally called for a line about WWE, and because he is such a big fan of AEW, he had them change the script to AEW. What a mark. So the very first time AEW was mentioned in a film or something was because of him. What and a I mark. remember uh, the last he time it. he was seen on AEW television, it was with, I'm almost certain he was sitting with Freddie Prince Jr. at one point. Well, they were. It, within the past year, they didn't even mention him, which I thought was so bizarre because prior to that, he had been on AEW TV before and mentioned. So okay. now he's mentioned again backstage. He'll be on Rampage. We'll see what he does there. But yeah. before this match that we move on to, MJF came out. Yes, and he rips Takeshka, he rips on Freddie Pritch Jr., he rips on... I thought this was racist, I thought it was dumb, I think it's below M- uh, MJF. MJF. Do you think this MJF shtick is kind of getting old? Only comes out and just degrades everybody. The the Your Mom stuff is still stupid. But again, like I, I don't understand, Like why did they have to make MJF racist for this? Because he's an asshole. I, I just don't this. get it, though. I, you know, I don't get it either. I thought I, you know, and I'm sitting there watching that. I'm just like, again, like last week too, and how I said that entire segment went on a little bit too long because MJF's doing that. I just think like MJ, like yes, he's the AEW champion. Yes, he can do and say what he wants now. But like, I think the shtick is getting a little old. Like, you, you could come out of what? I said I don't. I know. think I think MJF's an unbelievable talent. I know, but it's just like. It's the same thing every single week. MJF comes out here, makes fun of whoever's there. If they would drop the your mom stuff and the and, and literally stay all the way away from being racist, because it's just that's not needed. People are like, oh, it's cheap heat. It's like, no, it, it, you don't need that. I, MJF gets heat regardless. He doesn't need, oh, we speak American here. He doesn't need to be racist. I like Takeshka, though, kind of putting him in his place, though. I thought it was Yeah. Great. And his reaction was great too, um, but let's and then Brian Danielson ran down and uh, had the MJF match of the night. Ran away. What an unbelievable match between these Another two! Another pay per view feeling. Another pay per view quality match here between Brian Danielson and Kanosuke Takeshka. Um, the only thing, really, the only thing that like ruined or not ruined, but like like took away from this match was that awful segment beforehand. Okay, good. I thought you were about to say that somebody somebody's getting destroyed by every professional wrestler on Twitter because oh, they because they spoke about a, a quote unquote near botch. Yeah, near botch. <laughs> I don't think it was a near botch. I think it was Takeshka. Like again, like with Jade Cargill and the whatever she does, whatever she calls the the glam glam slam. Yeah, like, it was him posting himself so that way he Brian Danielson can't go through the full roll through. Um, but I thought this match was unbelievable. I thought it was great. The crowd yeah. behind it, the crowd was super hot all night long. And to now catch week, to look like an absolute star here. And apparently, and apparently he looked great at PWG this weekend too. I saw Don Callis talking to him apparently. Yeah, I saw Don Callis there. He'd taken him to, you know, the, the Kings game the other night too. It's funny. Um, people so, were, uh, were tweeting. We need an audible, Tony. We need an audible. Like, no, like he, Brian Danielson's like storyline. He's going to lose here. No, I'm supposed to face it. <laughs> he's supposed to win every single match. Let's pull an audio, an audible. And, okay. and now next week, uh, Brian Daniel goes on to face Bandito, which is going to be another yeah, match. He's going to freaking yeah. slap. <laughs> that's going to be cool. So, uh, we saw juice Robinson appear. Don't have to talk about it. It's going to be juice, ju- <laughs> rack head, juice busted, uh, whatever it is. Juice Robinson. That was a goofy promo. 
It was extremely goofy, but that's Juice Robinson. That's his goofy. When is when is that doing. match taking place? It's this Rampage. week or next week? Rampage. Oh. Rampage is freaking stacked this week too. Um, I saw everybody's making fun of Max Caster. Oh uh, yeah, because apparently he screwed up his rap and they redid it. We need to restart this. Yeah, whatever it happened. Given that it's AEW, did they leave that in or no? Uh, we'll see tonight on Rampage. <laughs> Um, next up, you have Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker pick up a victory over Soraya and Tony Storm. So no Mercedes Marti- uh, Mo- Martinez, Mercedes Monet here, uh, as you know everybody was predicting. I know the internet's all bummed out about it, but uh, listen to Brandon's um, thumbs up to Brandon's plus here. She doesn't get debuted in a tag team match. Yes, and I think the right team won here. I think, especially with J- a, it keeps Soraya kind of strong. B, your your women's world champion, strong by picking up the vic- getting the. Uh, I love that she her finisher is called the Haterade, uh, that ripcord uh, clothesline picks up the victory on Tony Tony Storm. So so Rebel got involved and Hikaru Shida made her way down to the ringside area. She ends up tossing the kendo stick into Tony Storm. How, however. Britt Baker ends up using it, and Hikaru Shida was beyond shocked. She wasn't happy about that. Fast forward to Twitter, Soraya's like, traitor. What do you mean? Like, look at the clip. She's clearly, like, shocked that that happened. Yep. I think that's so stupid. Also, uh, Rebel, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, dressed in the same color scheme as Mercedes Monet, so that even fueled the fire for me that maybe she will actually appear. Also, Mercedes Monet was in Japan. So she was, was she probably really? like Monet was in Japan. Yeah, still. Yeah, when she debuted at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh well, she obviously came, she was that's in why she Japan came out, then. But I that, thought you but, meant like still no, in Japan. No, no, that's but that's why she probably came out in the red and white there for like you know. Well, yeah, that's what. Yes, that's what I assumed. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, so they had heavy, 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 heavy booze after this match, and while Excalibur was reading copy, they just cut him off. They literally just put a, uh, a backstage pre-taped segment on so they could mute the crowd. So Yeah, and, Bra- and, and Brandon stood up and started clapping. A st- I just thought that was so funny because it's like you shouldn't have built up Sasha Banks if you didn't have they Sasha did, Banks. They didn't build her up, though. Bro, they had Britt Baker drop the line, I'm the boss. Well, you know what that means? H-L-S. They had it. They had it for for how many weeks? They built it up for a month. The whole storyline, like I said from the start, it looks like it's Tony Storm that should be in that spot. But but for some reason, they're teasing it to not be Tony Storm. But and then Hikaru Shida got involved, and they're still teasing it where it still looked like it should be Tony Storm. But they're teasing it so it's not Tony Storm. So I think maybe they thought they had. Sasha I don't Banks think they did. I think they, I, no I think idea. that's just the internet just hyped this up. Meltzer and what Alvarez and all those, you know. But it's not just the internet. They themselves were planting the seeds. So maybe they were just doing that purposely to get everybody talking and get so all these quote unquote news journalists that know how to so, break real news thinking that it's going to be they, that. Nobody was, but the real journalists weren't saying like, oh, Sasha Banks is confirmed. We don't know. We don't know. So let's keep it at but that. that's but that's but if you don't want people to boo like that, then don't hype up people who you don't they have. Never hype them up though. They, that's the thing. Yes, they did though. No, they didn't. They planted seeds with words. Like there's no way you can't say they didn't hype that up. If I, did they did they go out and say 
We have Sasha Banks debuting on January the 11th. No, but they used words that are associated with Sasha Banks. I don't understand why you're getting so bent out of shape about this, because last week you said, I think it's a terrible way to de- debut Mercedes Monet yes, putting her tag. it would have been so, so why stupid. why are you complaining then? I'm, Should... not, I'm not complaining. Yes, you I'm are! Saying, no, I'm saying that if they don't want people, their own fans, to boo their own product, don't hype up people you don't have. Listen, this show... I thought Rampage uh, Dynamite this week was unbelievable. Again, you've said it twice while we've been talking about it. It went downhill after this match. I don't. Well, I mean, I in don't the think middle so. of this match. I don't think so. I think you're uh, looking at it objectively. No. No, you are. Just like- No, after Takeshita and Brian Danielson, it went downhill. I don't think so. Because the next segment up, Jericho Appreciation Society, this segment sucked. I, I don't, I, yes and no. I think <laughs> like no, it's cool I, no, that because... Jericho came out and spoke about his PWG debut. Yeah, which I think is uh, that's a you know I'm not I'm not on the markout moments this week, but that's a huge markout moment for me, especially Jericho. But like even like what Jer- let's I want to talk about. This. So Jericho Appreciation Society shows up at Battle of Los Angeles second night. Always on the second night of Battle of Los Angeles, there's a big ten man tag match with the guys that have already been eliminated from Bola. Um, this, you know, this year because Speedball, Mike Bailey, who won the entire tournament, couldn't get there till the second night. A lot of guys had a match that night. So the guys that wrestled the first night faced off against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho saying that PWG is the, is the, this, this day and age is ECW, I think was completely wrong. Because. I mean, you had uh, Daniel Garcia kicking fans, so. I know, Dave, Dave, uh, you know, went off on a group text. That's assault. Listen, I think it's you dumb. You I do get... think it's very stupid, regardless of if, if the fan is like a human piece of trash and PWG refuses to like ban him from shows. Regardless of that, I think it's still so stupid to actually put your hands or feet on somebody in the audience. Well, because, yes, it is assault. Well, it wasn't assault to that guy because he loved it. Anyway, let's go back to Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, talking about how they're the Saints of Los Angeles. Did you know that was a Molly Crew reference? I did not know. Well, there, now you know. Um, and Tammy. What's up? Tammy. Tommy what? Wasn't that uh, Tommy Lee? Yeah, Tommy Lee. He's still in it. <laughs> well, Mick Mars retired, and now they replaced him with John Five, who's outstanding. Um, unbelievable guitar player. Anyway, um, this then, you know, Jericho Appreciation Society talks about how they powerbombed Ricky Starks through a table, this, that, and the other thing. Ricky Starks comes out, comes out with Action Andretti. I thought Action Andretti kind of held his own here. Oh, I was going to say that kid can't talk. I thought he did a great job. Mm, I did not think so at all. You try to cut a promo on worldwide national television. I mean, (laughs) brother, I'm not being paid to cut promos. Yeah, you're you're not getting paid to do anything. (laughs) But it doesn't doesn't matter, man. I I just, I didn't think it was good. Whole thing sets up, hey. He came out, he goes, oh, Tay was all over me last week. Uh, It didn't sound like that, but... Anyway, let's let's just cut it short here. Next next week's it's Hager versus Starks. That's it. Boom. Is it going to be an MMA style match? It seemed like they were trying to like allude to that. No, I th- no, I don't think so. I think it was just Hager just hyping up that you know he's undefeated in professional MMA. That's it. Mm. Main event time, best of seven series. It was the most predictable ending to a best of seven series, but I really enjoyed this match. The elite picks up the victory over the Death Triangle. I think uh, almost everybody went through a table that was <laughs> in some somewhere like fun spots. The, I like the, fun I spot. forget I, which I forget which spot it was like right after Kenny got uh, put himself through the table. 
one of the young bucks dove to the outside like like very quickly. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I thought that was nice too. They they used the ball, the hammer within that. That was a big story arc in the beginning of these first three the first three matches at the end of the match, which I thought was great. Everybody got a chance to shine here. The spots Including were Abrahantes yeah. and Brandon Cutler. Everybody got a chance to sign here, so I don't know how you thought this whole like rampage went downhill. It's because I would prefer for this. I wanted a different outcome. I know. I don't. Well, again, I don't need to see the elite win this again. But uh, you have to realize too, like they're more of a. Unfortunately, they're more of a draw than Death Triangle are, and also they're the EVPs of the company. So you know. I don't think the, they were uh, ever the package pile the package pile driver spot on the bridging ladder. I thought was cool. That was cool. Um, what other spots? You know, it was, it was. This was like the the, the ultimate car crash. You know, it, it, like from the beginning of the match till the end of the the one wing angel off the ladder was cool. There was a lot of cool spots here. It was fun. It was a big culmination to. I thought it was a fun best of seven series, which me as a fan, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. I mean, what they have done for tag team wrestling and professional wrestling in a whole is outstanding. I'm not, it's like, it's like Sean or Brett, you know, FTR or the Young Bucks. I'm an FTR guy. Um, but it was fun. You know, they were probably never supposed to lose the tag team, the, the trios titles to begin uh, with. Right. I think that's very so they, they took a, much so. Yes. So they took a complete negative and made it into a positive into seven fun matches that had a, a, a story to them. So I thought it was fun. Have you not complained about this series? I mean, I've, I've said I've complained. I've com- Listen, I said it from the beginning. It was going to be the Young Bucks winning this in seven. I said that. I- in a perfect world, given that Adam Cole had announced that he's back, I would have liked to have seen... No. The kingdom. <sighs> and I was hoping I had fingers crossed for the kingdom. I think next up for the elite, I think is going to be the house of black because the way that they're hyped. Well, house of black, they're still dealing with Eddie. Yeah, Kingston but I think Ortiz right it now, might so. be a big blow off in a couple weeks. Don't put the elite on TV next week. Let them sit home, do a highlight package of, you know, of the match. Call it, you know, call it what it is. And then next also, up. So, FTR, sorry to cut you off. FTR is out for an extended period of time now. They are. I know. I listen. Did you listen to the Dax's podcast? No, but I saw him quoted. Yes, you saw him quoted. He said that he has been. They have been given a couple months off to rest, recover, uh, and plan their next move. They don't know where it's going to be. But are their contracts up in a couple months? Their contracts. He said both their contracts are both up in April. So, so I wonder if that's like the whole, like, I mean, hello, the young bucks are now the champions and everything the who champions. wasn't allowed to have a championship shot when they were champions. It was FTR. Um, but Dak said, he goes, you know, they're going to plan out their futures and he wants to go wherever they sign to next. He wants to go somewhere where they're going to be respected after, uh, if they do end up out of AEW, do you think he'll do one of those like shoot videos trashing no, he's got <laughs> the a, Young Bucks and stuff? He's got a podcast. That's, a, that's yeah, it. Yeah, but like he can't really trash the Young Bucks right now. He kind of works for them. I works he, for the company. He works for Tony Khan. All right. Who's but the, like you can't go around trashing your fellow companyers. I mean, a lot of people have done it all, all, all. Yes, and the last time it happened, it led to a huge investigation. <laughs> <laughs> and it let the, all the champions. And, yeah, and, and Dak said too. He goes. He's like, I'm keeping an eye on everything that is going on in the landscape of professional wrestling. So, 
We'll see where it goes from there. Anyway, the Elite are your trios tag team champions. Um, I'm not thrilled with the outcome, and we'll see where the trios titles go from here. I hope they're still very relevant, as they've been through this uh, seven series. And that's AEW Dynamite. I, could... I don't even think the titles have been relevant in this series. Because... Because I don't think it's... Like, it's never... To me, it's like... Nah, it, like It hasn't been about the titles. It's just been about the, the series. It's been about the series to crown the champions. Yeah, but I don't think it's been like... The championships weren't like highlighted in this series to me. They... So now, now we need to have them like rebuilt up. Yeah. So I don't know who... I don't remember who was in that tournament, even. Best friends. Right. Um, I think it was like... The Butcher and Blade. Butcher were and Blade, and I think Roosh were a team. Mm. Let me, let's look this up. Trios tournament. Trios tournament AEW. Because, like, do you go automatically to somebody that was in the tournament? Like United Empire was in it. Will Ospreay. Uh, Faction of Gobernables. Andrade. Love. And Roosh and Dragon Lee. Andrade's... Uh, oh, yes, yes. Then, of course, they ran that angle. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny house of black dark order um you can still use dark order the trust busters which are now i think it's just ra davari and tony nice we don't and, because parker that's the varsity athletes plus aria davari yep, and best friends so um good luck mr khan hey listen they, but there's there's new blood in there they can do they can put together more teams like kip and the butcher and the blade can now be a team because they've been you know working together over the past couple weeks you can have Roosh and Preston Vance and, I don't know, bring in somebody else, Streglistico, come in as well. Bandito. There you go. You can have LFI as one of the teams. So, Well, that, here's hoping for the kingdom. You can have the king, but I know. I think they got to hype up Adam. I think keep him away from the kingdom for right now. Hype him up. World title. End of 2023. Adam Cole, baby. And on that note, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week is, you guessed it, Brian Danielson versus Konosuke Takeshka from AEW uh, Dynamite this week. It was awesome. Go rewatch it again. It was just pure awesome wrestling. And I'm really stoked to see everything that's going to, who Brian Danielson's going to be facing over the next seven weeks. Or, yeah, yeah six I'm weeks. pumped to see his next opponent after yeah, but, Bandito. Who do you think he'll face after Bandito if he's going to have a like, serious wrestling match? Do you think he, like, he'll make him face off against somebody in the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't think so. Okay. All righty. So, yep, that's my match of the week. And now, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey there, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to The Menu which is a horror thriller movie. It's now out on HBO Max, uh, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Ray Fiennes, John Leguizamo, Judith Light, a bunch of others. It's an ensemble cast, but Ray Fiennes is a celebrity chef. So much goes down. Yeah, this was definitely an entertaining movie. I typically don't watch stuff like this, but everyone was talking about it on Twitter and I happened to be scrolling through HBO and I saw it on and I ended up turning that off and then putting it on on HBO Max instead because Uh it was already in the middle of the movie. So I watched it. I enjoyed it, but I I just wish it was a rom-com instead. (laughs) A rom-com? Yeah, like, I don't know. I just prefer to have been a rom-com. 
I don't think you can make that a rom-com. Well, I mean, obviously it would be a lot different. It would be a whole lot different. Also, that would change the plot. <laughs> right, obviously. I do wish that the ending was different. Uh-huh. Because, like, I maybe I was too stupid to, like, fully understand it. Okay. But I was just hoping for it to, like... I don't know. I was hoping for the outcome to be different. I'm happy that with the outcome, but I just wish it was more of an outcome. Okay. But I could definitely see this being a Broadway play. Broadway play. Yeah. Where they're all sat in the same room for, for the majority of the show. Um, I don't I know. Think so you're taking it a bit far for me. It's like a dramatic <laughs> Broadway show. I don't know. Well, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, gets the next shout out, which somewhat uh, came out somewhat recently on Netflix, and I again saw a lot of people putting this over on Twitter, just like the menu. And I tried to, because I knew it was a, a sequel, so I tried to look for the first movie, Knives Out. Couldn't find it. Not streaming anywhere. That's the one thing I don't get is how you have this out because I want to watch it. But you don't have the first one out. And then ironically, I'm watching, um, um, I think it was AW Rampage. I was, I ended up watching it on Monday and they're Uh like Sunday night knives out network debut. I'm like, well, (laughs) there you go. So I thought that was funny. I guess you'll watch it there. No, it was already, it was already too late. Oh, because it was, I gotcha. Yeah, but it, it, it ended up, I Googled it to see if, like, do I need to watch Knives Out in order to get Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery? And they said that the only thing you really need to know is that Daniel Craig's character is back from back from the, the, the original from cast the and everybody one. else is new. Huh. So the premise, you got a bunch of people getting invited to a billionaire's house for a murder mystery party. They're all friends. Batista is in it. He's really good. But Ed Norton's in it. Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr. Janelle Monae is in it as well. And I think very much like Batista, she's a very good crossover actor. Obviously, Batista comes from the wrestling world. She comes from the music industry. And I think she does a a, a phenomenal job when she's acting. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend checking out Glass Onion. A Knives Out mystery. I think Netflix bought the rights to make all the sequels now, so... We'll have that. Interesting. That sounds and pretty then, interesting. Yeah, and then the last shout-out goes to Jeff Beck, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 78. He was an absolute guitar god. Truly an absolute, an absolutely incredible musician. His career took off when he joined the Yardbirds. He replaced Eric Clapton, the Yardbirds. I do think he was fired from there, though. And then Jimmy Page replaced him. Mm-hmm. but uh, And then Jimmy Page would obviously go on to form Led Zeppelin. But Jeff Beck was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Yardbirds, as well as a solo act. He was in the Jeff Beck group. Him, Ronnie Wood, um, Rod Stewart was in there as well. So he was a pretty well-known musician that worked with a lot of people. I saw him perform 
one song, only one time. He performed Superstition with Stevie Wonder at the 25th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert. So, at least I got a chance to see him play that live. That's pretty cool. His song, Star Cycle, was actually used as the theme song to Mid-South Wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's pretty cool. So, go out, check out Jeff Beck, listen to his music this, this weekend or whatever. But... Those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Our... Mark-out moment of the week. That is right, our mark-out moment of the week. Do you have any? Um, My mark-out moment was definitely... Alice in Borderland. Um, I thought that this was an incredible TV show. It was a lot of fun. And I can't praise it enough. I am totally hooked on it, you know? Yeah. But that's what, but I, I definitely marked out for that series. I was not expecting to be hooked into the series as much as I was. And I was totally hooked into it. Nice. What about you? Well, last week, Gerard Carmichael was on The Tonight Show, and he was there talking about hosting the Golden Globes, which took place this week, and he was wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin jersey, so that alone was, like, really cool, but he spoke about how he wanted NBC to actually get Stone Cold Steve Austin to do a commercial about him hosting the Golden Globes, and they were originally like, no, and he goes, well, then find another host, basically. So they agreed to putting Steve Austin in the commercial, but unfortunately Steve Austin's father passed away, so he couldn't do the commercial after all. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was really cool that he was on The Tonight Show wearing the Steve Austin jersey, talking about Stone Cold, how he was almost going to be in commercials for the Golden Globes. That is cool. And then uh, another thing I had in my mind literally blown this week, I randomly saw uh, somebody retweeted a tweet from Harry Slash who did the the music for ECW. And he had posted a picture from CBGB, which was 22 years ago, of him playing ECW, uh, an ECW set there live. But in the picture was also Arno Hecht, who I had only known as the saxophonist for Dion. And I found out because of this post that Arno Hecht, the one that I've seen kill it a bunch of times live with Dion. Yeah. He was even at that 25th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert. He came out and did a song with Dion and Paul Simon. The He is the, the saxophonist on Hookah Blues. Sabu's theme song, which I think is one of the best theme songs ever. So it just blew my mind because I've seen him live so many times and had no idea that I was seeing... Somebody who worked on ECW music ever. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that too. So I thought that was, and then and then Harry was ta- was tweeting back and forth eventually, saying that he had first seen Arno work live with the Rolling Stones, and then a few years later they became friends, and then that led to them doing ECW music together. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. That is, that's really awesome. I uh, also marked out for Rick Steiner on The Bump this week. He's, he was there to talk about the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw and other things, so I thought that was cool. Even though WWE will be 
eventually celebrating the 30th anniversary in Philadelphia in two weeks. Yeah. It was just like January 11th was the actual date of the anniversary. So it was cool to hear Rick Steiner talk about the first episode of Monday Night Raw because him and Scott were on it. Yeah, that that is really awesome. And then uh, on this week's episode of the Goldbergs, they they did it. They ended up doing a parody of Glow, which I thought was cool. That's interesting. Yeah, they 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 took somebody to uh, one of the matches, and he goes, "Oh my God, is this gorgeous ladies of wrestling?" And they're like, "No, this is the Philadelphia version. It's Philly ladies of wrestling or something like that." So it was Plow. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. So check out the Goldbergs. Check out the Bump. Check out uh, Harry Slash. Check out Arno Heck. And, of course, check out Gerard Carmichael. I don't know if his show is on uh, Peacock or not, but the Carmichael show, I think, was one of the the absolute best TV shows that NBC has ever produced. And what Carmichael was talking about on The Tonight Show was that NBC wants so much from you, but in return, they don't, like, they don't put out, like, they don't help you with your show, really. They want you to advertise it, but they won't go out of their way to advertise it. So I think that's why he felt like his his show eventually got canceled or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was another show that I could have easily seen be on Broadway. Just like one specific episode, because it dealt with like real life things that like from my perspective, obviously, I'm not getting the same perspective as Gerard Carmichael is. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very well done. But uh, those are... My Markout Moments, that's truly episode number 623. Want to remind everybody, check us out at Marking Out on Twitter, at Marking Out 11 on Instagram and YouTube, BTTG161 on both platforms, Chris Dog on Twitter, CM Sweeney 85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. Uh, you could also check us out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. At TikTok is, uh, or TikTok is at Marking Out, MarkingOut.com, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts. Did I say ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out? I think I did. Probably. But well, that's all of the plugs. That's we episode wish, 623. Yeah. We, we wish you, you the. the- Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.